to teach the world to sing. Sing with me. Gun. And keep it company. It's amazing what happens when something is like a solid six out of ten. Truly shows just how pillaged the fan base is at this point. I mean, I mean that's the big thing. Like you're talking about a solid six out of ten from a everything leading up to it. It looked like it was going to be a solid three and a half out of ten. Yeah. Here's the secret: set expectation lows and over deliver. Again, with that, I guess I expect the doors to get blown off them with this Lord of the Rings <laughs> series. Then, huh? Because what are we thinking here in terms of a power ranking? Like one point five out of ten, zero. 0.5 out of 10. It just looks so bad. I'm uh, going gonna, gonna to let you know something right now, Dredd. I didn't watch the final trailer. <laughs> welcome, everyone who's listening. Uh, this is our show where, or this is the show where I joined Kelton's show to complain about how everybody's ruining my my fantasy shows, except unlike uh, unlike the true soy boys out there complaining about woke politics and everything, uh, I'm complaining about the fact that they're not doing practical special effects and individually crafting <laughs> each orc's armor, God damn it. Come on. Especially when you know that there are cosplayers on TikTok even that are coming forward with better results for free. I am currently not optimistic about uh, Rings of Power. Partially because the story they're adapting... uh, Which I can go into at any point if you want to. We're going to get there. Don't worry. Don't worry. Yeah. But like, partially because the story they're adapting is like kind of a strange one to adapt. Mm-hmm. But the other thing that the issue that I have is that like part of what makes uh, the original Lord of the Rings trilogy work so well as a movie series is actually the fact that uh, Jared Tolkien, despite you know being sort of like an inspiration for a lot of modern fantasy tropes, really bucks a lot of trends when it comes to some of those tropes. Like the main heroes of Lord of the Rings are not um, the mystical chosen ones. Like in the group, there are like. So if you think about the Lord of the Rings as an adventuring party, you have like four level one commoners, basically, mm-hmm. and then five people with class levels. Gandalf is probably Gandalf, some sort of, you know, paladin of some sort, not a wizard, by the way, it was standing by that. But Gandalf, <laughs> not a wizard. He uses magic items. He doesn't actually cast spells. He's he's a sword fighter. He's hey, a I, hey, hey, hey. In the Hobbit TV, I'd say TV, in the Hobbit movies, there was magic with the fireworks, huh? Huh? Yeah, Isn't yeah. that something? Okay, we're going to go paladin. Then we have uh, <laughs> a, like three different fighters. We have uh, a bow fighter, an axe fighter. There are just four fighters. Just a, It's a party full of fighters. Maybe rangers, but fighters. <laughs> uh, they're not balanced, but they're good at their job. But they're also not the main heroes of Lord of the Rings. They're, it's not the uh, like kind of over-leveled people. It's these four common halflings, which serve as the inserts of J.R.R. Tolkien's um, fallen friends from World War One. Uh, the issue that it looks like in the Rings of Power is like they're focusing kind of on one of the most like theoretically powerful and cool characters out of the entire um, book series, which is Galadriel, uh, who's like uh, you know a queen of elves and like everything else. But like you can only go so far with your main character actually being cool and like a overpowered person right off the bat. And a woman. Well, let's be important about this. Right, of if course. If there was it, a guy who was just naturally OP and breezing his way through bad guys, there might be a different vibe go- coming at this show, you know. Right. But since it is a woman, all of the actual structural criticisms that should be prevalent if it was a male main character are going to be really pressed upon. 
because she's a woman. Exactly. And that's the thing is like, so like Aragorn would actually make a really terrible main hero because he's too good at everything. So Aragorn from the original Lord of the Rings, he's just, he's, <laughs> he's just like, you know, he is an ageless, beautiful man who's like women keep falling over head over heels in love with. It. He's great at sword fighting. He can do motivational speeches. He has too many stat points, too well distributed, but like he's not, the, he's not the main hero of Lord of the Rings. He's just not like he's he's the one of the more memorable characters. Sure. But he's not the core figure. Sam and Frodo are uh, the same way that like at a certain level in Rings of Power, it really looks like they are going ham on this like, oh, yeah, we, we, we've got an everyman here, too. You know, we've got Galadriel, the really cool, you know, like epic Legolasi <laughs> character. And then we got this other guy, Fred. <laughs> like, like, it's just like it's it's a real. uh it's a real like odd cop setup, or what is it? The uh, the, it's the uh, odd pair. Yeah, the odd couple, but odd couple. probably also odd cop because I'm willing to bet Galadriel is a cop of some kind. Being like, we had to clear the forest of these orcs, this infestation coming through, making the forest not safe at night for the nice elf children that are <laughs> around. <laughs> um. Okay, so uh, at least in my vague knowledge about like the production side of the show, because it is something I do kind of want to dive into a little bit here, is, um, I mean, as as much as I hate having structure for a show like this, uh, because in, in the second part, we're going to be just lambasting this thing to hell and back, but... I remember there being at the very beginning when Amazon was getting the rights to this thing that they spent a billion dollars on that they wanted a young Aragorn show. So like very first kind of nexus point I want to ask you, Dredd, is the concept that they ended up investing in and making a show, is that better or worse than a young Aragorn show where we watch, I don't know, cool teenage timothy chalamet learn to become the ageless you know op level wonder i think it really depends on how much they cling to the canon so if they cling to the canon a young aragorn show would suck most okay. of aragorn's life is actually just like being an orphan and then getting raised by elrond and then falling in love with his great 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 aunt who arguably grooms him it's like not great Arwen is a groomer. You hear, you heard it here first. <laughs> uh, I, do, I do also like that idea that they're like, yeah, look at him. He's, I forget how old Aragorn is, but it's like, he's in a problematic age gap relationship. You're like, oh no, like what 17 year old hobbit or whatever is he hitting on? It's like, no, he's the victim actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Oh, poor Aragorn. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I, I actually think that like a, a true to form young Aragorn series would be kind of bad. Okay. Well, like, I mean, you know, again, however, th this is why I'm coming to you. So if they were willing to not make it true to form, which it looks like they're not. So like, there's a couple of not like, there's a couple of prominent characters right now in the rings of power show. Like, in fact, I think one of the co-leads is a non canon character or rather a character who's not in the, uh, the Cimmerillion, which is like effectively the just like, a textbook. It's it's the Lord of the Rings version of the Bible. Nice. Uh, in that, and by the way, it, and in that, both of them is that when I was forced to go to Sunday Mass, 
uh, as a child, I would read one or the other for fun in the pews instead of paying attention to. Nice. I should note, by the way, my mother is an atheist. She <laughs> made me go for the community. Honestly, like real politique move on your mom's part there. <laughs> it prevented you from joining, hopefully, too many R slash atheism or enlightened centrism kind of forums. So, you know, uh, that that's good. Plus, also, maybe she wanted you to like get involved in some kinky Catholic girl stuff. So, wrong type of Christianity. <laughs> we were part of the UCC, the open and welcoming people. Oh well, that, that's that's no fun. Those people had worked through their issues a generation ago. Um, I know. Okay, so is, is uh, talking about the show is uh, Slim Shady Sauron? Is that like a an actual main character? What, what's what's the version <laughs> okay, here? So this is actually so to everyone listening. So um, this is actually one of the things I'm the most upset about is that uh, we didn't get glorious uh, redheaded twink Sauron. Uh, so, Th- which that was on the table, apparently. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and that, to me, is uh, frustrating, because we should have gotten, like, Sauron should be, like, just, like, the hottest twink possible, and instead we got Eight Mile. <laughs> like, it's... It's a, like a it's a real letdown. It's like imagine what if Eminem from Eight Mile actually was involved somehow in the opioid crisis his entire life. Uh, that's right. Very much the vibe that we're getting from this one. Because I don't, I don't. And Sauron, I'm sorry, Sauron, Sauron. He can like change his form, right? Okay. That's kind of his his thing. Are, are we uh, uh, okay for me to start uh, talking about? Um, the sort of like the, the meta context in the actual book here a little bit. I, I mean, yes, please. Come on. Okay. Like, absolutely. So, so one of the smartest things that J.R.R. Tolkien ever did was he made the original Lord of the Rings not about the big bad or even the uh, the secondary big bad's original run. It's about the return of power of basically uh, the big bad's lieutenant, which is Sauron. So in, in the Simmerillion, which is once again, like sort of his textbook world building of him just writing down his notes, basically he's like a D&D campaign um, manual. Uh, and that's very much how it reads. It's not again, very- Again, when J.R. Tolkien does it, it's considered art and like culturally impressive. When Vin Diesel does it to make The Last Witch Hunter, it's apparently trash and garbage. Yeah, I get exactly. it. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> um, but it's, it's it's basically his world building notes, and, and they're also a collection of side stories that are more narrative. But it's 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 not super narrative. It's it's told very similar to how um, the Christian Bible is, which is like in short, basically descriptive stories without much narrative flow. Like this happened, and then this happened, and then this person who was this person showed up. You don't like get into a person's head and anything like that. Um, but Sauron is the deputy of the kind of stand in for the Christian devil in the, uh, in the middle earth story, which is Morgoth okay. or uh, Morgoth also known as he's got another name too. Morgoth also known as uh, uh, Melkor. So okay. Melkor is like the, the fallen angel of the, uh, the sort of group of Ainur, which are the, these um, um, powerful beings across the sea that are like immortal angel like creatures. So there's the Einar, and then below that there's the Maiar, uh, and they are created all created by Iluvatar, who's like the creator, and right. they, they they create like a, a the celestial chorus, so to speak. So and so 
I sorry, I don't mean to to overly recap. So no God placement character created angel placement characters on an island that's across the sea from where the Middle Earth continent actually is, right? Yep. Exactly. Okay. And the, all right, all right. Sorry, keep going. No, no, that's that's it, it's so actually very similar to Wheel of Time and actually a lot of sort of like Western um, fantasy. Uh, there is a stand-in for the like post-biblical myth, the war in heaven. So for those of you that like aren't super familiar with, like a lot of the pop culture, the cultural understanding of uh, the Christian Bible's version of like God and the devil fighting out are are not they're not uh, direct Christian myths. They are like post-biblical myths. They've been attributed to it afterwards or elaborated on. And once again, like it's all to me. Once again, I I, I don't. I'm not a very, I'm not a religious person at all, but it's interesting to understand how the culture around those form. And they've become like mainstays in Western fantasy. So like you have, uh, in this case, um, you know, like C.S. Lewis, who is J.K. Uh, J.R.R. Tolkien, rather's fr- personal friend. They were just, in a smoking circle or whatever called the ex- Inklings, right? Exactly. Like- they were just, they were just buds. And C.S. Lewis was the incredibly weird one, like hyper, hyper conservative religious, but also like, uh, allegedly a hardcore sub uh by the way like a masochist like i'm just picturing like this is you know like the english literature come town of its time basically (laughs) the three of them just all being oxford smoking buddies in that cafe being like ah man wouldn't it be cool if kids could travel through a closet oh wow okay that's a great story let's do the christmas (laughs) so c.s lewis basically just brings like christian myth directly and like translates directly as his line the witch in the wardrobe uh and then jared tolkien doesn't jared tolkien draws his inspiration instead from um world war one which had permanently scarred and damaged him as a human being uh but however when he went and backfilled his world building he did create a lot of it based on this like post-biblical uh literature sort of mythos and Melkor, who is the fallen angel-like creature, comes across to Middle-earth and becomes the first Dark Lord. He's the big bad. Okay. Uh, and he he basically creates a place called uh, Angband, which is like eventually what Mordor, which you might be familiar with, is like uh, part of it. Basically, the, the portion of Middle-earth that he becomes his kingdom is like his Dark World. Uh, he He's the originator. He's the cause of orcs. He's the cause of um, Balrogs, all these other things that are like these large uh, and dem- like near demonic creatures. He he chains the dragons to work for him, uh, and then he is eventually defeated by a combined force of elves, um, a s- very small group of men, and the actual like the the Arda, the uh, the um, or the Ainur, the uh, the angels from across the sea, the host of Valinor comes yeah. to defeat him and cast him down. So like a literal the war in heaven and he is defeated he is exiled into like an oblivion he's not dead he's just exiled uh and then eventually his like the age of elves the these this second age happens and that's mm-hmm. where we are like the show happens in the second the rings of power happen in the second age the original trilogy uh of, of lord of the rings is set after this tv show of course as you were mentioning so this is you know not even like the first main battle or the second resurgent one but like this is the the one following and so right. you know the truly ju- just so so far down the line and amazon thought 
well, let's do the era before that. And they're like, cool. The like the the war in heaven storyline. And they said, no. Instead, <laughs> we're gonna do like I, I I say this double entendre important. The mid portion of the story is what they're going for. Why? Why would they do this when it sounds like you can get something that is even further removed, but with all of the same advantages of being a unique storyline? So I have a theory. So one, um, people know Sauron. And once again, to the earlier point, Sauron, in this case, was Melkor or Morgoth's second in command. And he survived the War of Wrath and basically be, uh, insinuated, like became a silent whisperer that eventually... Uh, took the world uh, under his control and he became the new Dark Lord. And I think name recognition is a big reason why they chose to do the second age. Okay. So for example, you you like ultimately Sauron is that like, let's just assume that this show runs its true course and like is given as many seasons as it needs and doesn't flop with its billion dollar budget and everything else. Well, like, okay, caveat. I, again, I hate to interrupt you. Right. Amazon has said they are hinging their entire streaming strategy on how this show does. So literally, if people don't watch this show, then they will give up original programming. Which I'm going to be so mad if this terrible show is the reason why I can't keep watching The Boys. I'm not going to lie. Like, that's going to be so frustrating. I, I, I know we've talked off mic about this. It's produced by Sony. It's going to go on to Netflix. Right. And then we're going to get like the Jupiter Ascending version of The Boys. Boys instead. <laughs> Just don't don't remind me. Um, <laughs> the Anthony Starr spinoff. It would the be MCU better. If, it. <laughs> it would be better if it, they let it die at that point. What, what Ryan Reynolds and The Rock cameo is going to end up in the boys next? Right. <laughs> so uh, to, to that end, if this show is allowed to run its full course, like if it's able to, uh, it would, the climax of the show, the ultimate climax is the first scene of the first Lord of the Rings movie, which is the war of the last alliance uh, of elves and men um, defeating Sauron with Isildur, cutting the ring from his finger and then failing to throw it in the fires of, of, of Mount Doom. Yeah. Like the opening scene of the first Lord of the Rings is um, the, fin- the, com- the final battle with, I will point out, hand-sculpted armor for the entire elven infantry. Just beautiful. Like, defining, def- literally defining the imagery of elven armor for a generation. What if I were to tell you that we could get, like, six guys in an Eastern European warehouse to work 20 hours a day for three weeks? Instead, we can CGI that. Huh? Th- doesn't that sound more impressive to you, Dredd? So impressive. I'm so glad that they're doing a billion dollars and not doing uh, painstaking, substantially cheaper, but better actual armor. It's great, because if this thing fails, which I'm sure it won't, there definitely won't be a thousand different things we can all point to where no one has to take the collective blame whatsoever. Right. Certainly not, like, again, the cast. That's going (laughs) to... They're not going to bear the brunt of it whatsoever. (sighs) I'm... (laughs) I'm, I'm <laughs> going to be so Careers won't mad. be ruined because of this show. That's right. the important Car- thing to Careers keep in mind. Careers won't be ruined because of completely avoidable decisions on the part of producers. <laughs> <All right. laughs> it's, 
this is gonna be so bad like uh sorry sorry i understand also y'all like in in the the week between recordings hbo has removed a lot of things from their their catalog uh yeah so they can stop paying residuals yeah so like amazon is of course going to probably play into that same block i would imagine uh and, and so to know that things hinge on this is a real oh no all of like all of the streaming wars uh it all comes down to this one little series that no one believes in much like no one believed in the hobbits that they have to carry this burden all the way through across to the finish line over several seasons i'm not optimistic but i'm hopeful i'm hopeful that it'll at least give us some good memes um but yeah i think the reason they went with the second age instead of the war of wrath which is like effectively the war in heaven is first of all the war in wrath or the war of wrath and the um War in Heaven requires you to do a lot more actual new world building because the primary um, protagonists of that are not humans really at all, but um, sort of the forces. There are humans, but it's like the legions of elves coming from across the sea and everything else. Um, Whereas the... uh, And you also have to explain what the Cimmerils are, which like... Do we we need to explain? If you do the first stage, you got to. You have to explain what the Cimmerils are. You have to explain who Morgoth is. And you have to explain everything else. Um, The the, Cimmerils. They're very Cimmerillion, you might say. Yeah, yeah. Glowing uh, specks of pure light uh, transformed into gems by a celestial smith effect. Yeah, I I watch Sonic 2. I understand how Chaos Emeralds operate. Actually, it's kind of the same thing. It's basically the same thing. You (laughs) you have the general gist of it down. (laughs) Yeah, that's a surprisingly good one. Um, But yeah, I think they did the Second Age because um, Sauron's a recognizable villain, even if he's going to be he should have been in twink mode, but instead we got eight mile mode. Whatever. Do you Shape think he's going to have a grand reveal? Like the actor is going to be like the promo image was him, and like maybe halfway through the first episode, and then after that, he becomes book accurate. Uh, I have to assume at some point we're going to see a transformation of Sauron because the shape shifting is like kind of important to the plot point. So I assume we're going to see at least one or two other forms of him. Is Sauron going to cuck someone? Is that going to be the thing? Um, in, a, in a specific, in a certain way, on a spiritual sense, he kind of cucks the entirety of uh, dwarf and mankind by that's, giving that's, them rings. That, that's worse to say you spiritually cut someone. Like you couldn't just do it physically, <laughs> please. No, <laughs> it's, he... it's so much better instead. For generations, <laughs> the cuckening will will occur. <laughs> But the other, the other reason I think that they really went with, like, um, Second Age stuff is that you have at least some recognizable characters from the the original Lord of the Rings. You're going to, like, this this season at least, I think the whole thing is going to follow Galadriel, which I, I actually think is probably a fine choice to have made in general. I don't think um, the way they're going to do it is going to be that effective. Uh, they also, at some point, we're going to see, like, uh, Elrond... We're going to see um, Elendil and his son Isildur, who like you only, people only know from the very beginning, but like there are recognizable names from the Lord of the Rings that are going to be in um, this show. 
And I think that that makes it easier for them to have not done like extra world building and like extra narrative aspects of things. Extra work, you might right. say. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Got it. And like, also, it's it's going to make it easier when they insert new characters, which at least unlike The Hobbit, there's at least some justification for inserting new characters. Because in the Hobbit, the Hobbit, the new characters they inserted were like completely like ancillary to the story, and like frankly speaking, like didn't need to be there. No, I, I thought every single frame that existed in the Hobbit trilogy needed to to take place in order for the story to happen. Again, Bard of Lake Town, incredibly important. Bard of Lake Town is in the story. Fucking great. We absolutely needed him. And we. I the, certainly remember all of the subplot about like the mayor being corrupt or whatever the fuck. Yeah, was that, going that, on. that was not in the. Yeah. <laughs> um, Once you get into the geopolitics of taxation in a trilogy of films, you should probably avoid it. Just a good general rule for any franchise to operate off of. Right. Un- unless you're doing like a regency thing about like the geopolitics of world war one like an actual like unless you're doing a historical fiction thing like downton abbey kind of thing oh yeah yeah absolutely uh although i i honestly would think that a uh downton abbey-esque show just showing the court of uh uh rivendale i i think is it rivendale or am I... river run no river run? It's Riv- i don't remember rivendale yes rivendale yes okay I, I for, at first I thought that my brain was completely melting, and I was merging it with Riverdale. <laughs> we did that last episode. Okay, perfect. Again, thinking of hot redheaded twinks, right? right you know, exactly. come on now, well, KJ Appa. Let's he's go. A tw- he's a twunk, not a twink. <laughs> I'm sorry, you got to get these right, man. <laughs> this terminology is going to be my downfall. Look, if you're gonna if you're gonna be an ally to our community, you have to get these like terminologies correct. <laughs> explain to you what a bear is what an otter is twink twunk raccoon my 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 taking notes is going to just be incredibly rewarding once we're done with season one being like all right so these are the animal types i've attributed to each of these characters yeah uh god talking about unnecessary information that we're going to be reviewing um so yeah the uh the, the end all be all to that end is like the um uh the placement I think is intentional because even though they seem incredibly willing to do like, so like one of the main characters, Hal Brand, which is being played by Charlie Vickers, uh, which if you've seen any of the trailers, he's like, he's like the weird human who's like alongside Galadriel and all of them. He's a complete, and I'm here too. Right. Okay. Exactly. That, that is literally, and I'm, and I'm Hal Brand. Like it's the, it's the literal, like, introduce this person a thousand titles and i'm like i'm a dude um he's a brand new character he is he is new he's not in the books but there's at least a justification for including new characters which is that it's not like the original uh cimmerillion is not very narrative however if you're going to include them as main characters uh, i don't know about that buddy I mean, an inconsequential main character. Again, something completely unfamiliar in the Lord of the Rings universe, <laughs> I can imagine. Um, um, here's, a, here's a question for you. Uh, is, is Tom Bombadil going to be in this show? Yes or no? Probably no. Fuck. 
I know. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> good episode. Good, good talk. <laughs> Should have left off with that. <laughs> I know. No, no Tom Bombadil. It's, it's a real letdown in that sense. Um, probably so, no Twink Sauron for the first season, too, which I'm sad about. Are, are we going to? Okay. Uh, like. I guess I'm just having a hard time trying to wrap my mind around why they would simultaneously do something that is not a surefire bet, but wrap it in such a way that it feels like the safest, most mediocre, algorithmically driven kind of TV show in the world. Because it's like a Lord of the Rings series that's exactly like Lord of the Rings, as you remember, but with new characters. But they all kind of follow similar archetypes, so it's not that different. Just, I, I don't know. Like, why would someone want to watch this instead of rewatching the original trilogy? Do I have to give you an answer? <laughs> <laughs> like I, I don't, I don't have a good answer for that. You, like you just, you just got one billion dollars from Amazon, okay? Right, you got uh, one billion dollars from Amazon after writing a little bit of Star Trek Beyond, by the way. Mm, like that's your mm, only other writing credit. Yes, yes. Uh God. <laughs> Why? Why can't we? I don't know. Just be angry at mediocre white guys instead. It feels like it's so much easier to yeah, do. Yeah, we, we have to. Like, this is what's confusing to me. Once again, like I, I, maybe like uh, John Payne and I don't know the other guys, Patrick McKay, Patrick K. Or, yeah, it's Patrick McKay and John Payne. Maybe they're somehow brilliant writers in the rough or maybe they know somebody. And that to me, that's the only thing that makes sense because like they don't like their writing legacy is like they are on un- both uncredited uh, on Star Trek Beyond. Like they like don't have a lot of other experience in any like major way uh except for the fact that they have like maybe worked on matthew vaughn's upcoming remake of flash gordon it's like what like we couldn't even find like well-known uh mediocre white guys we had to find never having been done thing mediocre white guys was alex kurtzman not available was ryan murphy not available (laughs) come on now ryan murphy's lord of the rings (laughs) again maybe i'll be proved wrong but but like it really does look like they went with um I just maybe think that there might be no actual understanding within studios about what made the original Lord of the Rings so popular, so successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, yeah, a lot of it, it's like this, like this, the fact that it's become weirdly connected to like a Western chauvinism. Like people think that like Aragorn shouting men of the West is like, is like, like, Oh, he's talking to me. Like, no, uh, you know, Joe in your basement, you know, talking about how, <laughs> the great replacement theory is coming for you. He's not talking to you at all. You're missing the point. Like, um, the enemies are at the gates. Don't you know? Yes. Uh, that's, that's the thing. Enemy uh, at the, at the gates, by the way, great movie about Soviet snipers. Oh my God. Uh, that's the one with Jude law and, uh, Joseph Fiennes, I think. I believe so. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a great film. Uh, solid. It, solid. You know, you know, we're hyped up for a TV show when we're mentioning <laughs> early odds, <laughs> low budget sniper films. Yes, indeed. But no, like, at the end point, like I just I think that there's a very real sense that like 
and we've talked about this off air before, but that, that within this era of content production, anything that is good comes about because it is not expected to be good. And it has very little hype and very little control. So one of the ones I look at is like, so like the boys, which we just talked about, the fact that it's different than the source material rocks because the source material sucks. Yes. The problem with the Lord of the Rings is the source material is pretty good though. The similar, similarly, and like it's once again, it's just world building. The source material, if you look at the larger structure around Lord of the Rings is pretty good. And so these radical departures, not to preserve some form of artistic integrity, but rather to come in line with more like normalized expectations around um, not just fantasy shows, but like prestige television as a whole. Like, I think that it, 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 I hate to use this because I think it's so like, it's like so like derivative, but like there's, it doesn't look like it had, it's like, it's like writing without a soul at a certain point. Yeah. Yeah. That's something Amazon would never do. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just no. like it, again the fact that like this is going to be the thing that kills streaming as we know it. It's because it's, Amazon is one of the last companies that has the money to support a streaming service kind of a thing. Yeah, and so and the, the fact of the matter is if streaming dies, television as we know it will die. Yeah. Like yeah, that's and, that's the thing is like it's it is the end of the modern content cycle. All hail, all hail the content cycle. Long yeah. live the content cycle. It is the, the dying of the. What's well, the dying of the second? It's quite poetic, actually. Think about it. Like <laughs> uh, this, this is about the dying of the second age of of Middle Earth, and like ultimately the second age of television is going to be dying. Like we're going to be watching all our television on Quibi next. He was right. Vindicated on the Roku channel. <laughs> As we gather around for another YouTube short uh, collection that tells a narrative story. <laughs> so uh, a little bit of background for uh, for folks for understanding how to place this in the general series uh, of Lord of the Rings. Um, the Second Age, like I was saying, is effectively going to be the story of Sauron's rise to power as the second Dark Lord of uh, Middle-earth and the eventual downfall of that at the hands of a combined army of elves and men. Great. Uh, no, no dwarves? No dwarvish involvement? Yeah, like, there are, like, moderate dwarf involvement, but they mostly retreat into their hills, effectively. Sounds like typical dwarves, if you ask me. Bah, bah, you know? bah. But the uh, dwarf racism that it will be different, I'm sure, than the other kind of racism <laughs> run rampant in this show. Right? Yeah, there's <laughs> going to be lots of different. There's going to be, you know, in so uh, if, if people are familiar with like the different forms of like when music is happening in universe, it's called one thing versus the other is called another diegetic versus non diegetic. There's going to be diegetic and non diegetic racism. <laughs> It's going to be about how to learn to get along with each other. So that way, then you can all team up to kill the bad guy. Um, oh, oh, God, we're not going to get like sympathetic Sauron, right? We're not going to be like, have you ever wondered what made me this way? I don't know. I, I, have, I have to hope not. But I think that I think instead, like they might make Sauron like actively appealing because like that's his whole thing is like in this era, he convinces Multi, like the five lords of dwar of the dwarves, nine lords of men, to take on his rings of power and to effectively like swear their souls over to him. 
like he he tricks them into like and he, he he follows through on a lot of their promises but they eventually like the nine lords of men become the nine nazgul uh the five lords of the dwarves i have no idea what happens to them offhand but like they ran away the, you know useless they're right. nazgul but they like are always hiding from the hobbits <laughs> they're very timid <laughs> Picturing the tiny little Nazgul riding on top of giant <laughs> horses. <laughs> yeah. It... Not the most intimidating figures. <laughs> so I was like, all right, back to the drawing board with this. Y- You're y'all, right. Y- He's like, it's y- too y- short. You're a warehouse Nazgul now, okay? <laughs> Can I... <laughs> You're my You're my order fulfillment Nazgul is what you are. Yeah. <laughs> Evil available in two days or less. <laughs> I mean, yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I think that it's um, it's very interesting that like this is where we're at, and that this might define streaming or or like potentially end the modern streaming stuff because it doesn't look good and it should it is a billion dollars it is almost inexcusable for something that costs a billion dollars to be bad it's almost like amazon wants this to fail so that then they can get out of streaming and that they're so big that taking a billion dollar loss might mean nothing to them within the next financial quarter yeah (laughs) man that sucks Looking looking for a scapegoat on how to get out of streaming, the thing that everyone acknowledges that they make no money and get no like actual users for their web services or for their, their shipping. Like no one is like, I'm going to start using Amazon Prime shipping because I have Amazon Prime video. Like no one has ever said that sentence out loud. Right. It's always been the like Oh, I have Amazon Prime Video because I have this, you know. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's bad. I, I guess that means that it's going to be Amazon and Thursday Night Football. That's going to be like their only thing that they yeah, have ba- for streaming. That and baseball, live sport kind of shit. I think, that, like, honestly, it, it feels like more and more like that's going to be what's profitable. Like, lo- like people have been saying it for a while that oh, it's live spectacle that's going to make us the money. It's like the real thing is that media as a concept is like completely changing and maybe nothing's going to make them money. I, I still ha- hold out hope that live Broadway performances that get live streamed uh, could make money, you know? Hey, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta keep the optimism going. Counter programming, you know, <laughs> my, my question will be who will watch it more live? Uh, the people watching live Broadway or the people live watching Nathan Fielder's the rehearsal because uh, everyone's watching that not live is my point right so we'll see so uh are you ready to discuss how what what level of firepower you need to take over this world absolutely come on now it, this, uh, this this seems abundantly obvious to me all right so you have you have tweak sauron 
right? Twins are on, yeah. He's trying to recruit men and dwarves together for his Amazon fulfillment warehouse of evil that he that he has created in, you know, the Eastern Shore Island. And he's trying to find a way, probably utilizing like dragon drone drop shipping or whatever it's going to be uh, for it to operate. So I don't even think that we're going to need to try to have like a cannon or a battleship like last time. I genuinely think that just like a six-shot revolver is going to be pretty much all that's needed because as Sauron has gathered around the Lords of Men and the Dwarves, you just shoot a couple of those guys and he's going to suddenly be like way more interested than what you're saying. Like you've already taken out several of his main key voting blocks. And it's at that point that you become his number two and, you know, rule of Sith kind of thing. You eventually kill Sauron. You take his place and then, you know, you, you, you make sure to wipe out all the weak and the small hobbits. You don't have like that era of, uh, of, or era of superiority is my point. But yeah, I think you give me a revolver. I'll be in pretty good shape in about 200 to 500 years. Uh, right. So you're, it, it, we're assuming you're immortal on this effectively. Uh, Are you telling me Sauron doesn't have a deal where he's like, I'll make you immortal if you do blah, blah, blah. Be like, yeah, sure. That's another bullet gone. I don't think he can, actually. I think that's one of the major things. Yeah. So, like, immortality is... So, the way that immortality is treated in uh, Lord of the Rings universe is it's a decaying thing um, that you only get the closer you were to actually living on the the islands of the blessed, basically. So, the humans are like, like... the humans that have somewhat immortality are like the Numenor who like lose their immortality over generations. So like Aragorn, when you get to him only lives for 500 years. Meanwhile, his great, 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 great grandfather might've lived for like a thousand, 500 years. This is some Noah level bullshit is what this is. Exactly. That's the thing. All right. All right. And so the other thing is like, you would do real well against dwarves and men with a revolver. Elves have real bullshit archery, though. I, again, I'm not. I'm not trying to to go after them. I'm trying to become Sauron's number two. That's my goal. So that way, then I can apparently be immortal. Now that I can't, that just changed the dynamic slightly of like what needs to happen here. And that's where I think like you have to side and try and figure out like I don't know. Is there young hot Saruman available at this time? Can he put me in an orc birthing egg or something? Uh. Yeah, kind of, he can't put you in. He's still a good guy at this point in the in the sh- in the show. All right, so I'm responsible for his decline. I'm like, you know what would really be a good way to uh, take care of Sauron? Um, a little some of this flashing a flint, <laughs> a snub nose <laughs> to him. It's like, oh, what power is this? Like, yeah, yeah, you like this, don't you? <laughs> So I'll say this much Lord of the Rings, at least this age of Lord of the Rings is one of the hardest to say how much of a firepower you need to take over because you could legitimately be the greatest warrior to ever live um, with like a pretty good revolver, except elves still might be faster than you and able to dodge your bullets. I get I'm not I'm not trying to I know you're not going after elves. No, 
I'm going to start like a, 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 you know, not like a return to Africa movement, but like a return to the, sh- you know, Eastern Shores movement. Western with the Shores. L- Western Shores. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah that, that, that's what happens at the end of the Lord of the Rings. Series. Exactly. See, see, I'm like, we, you should return back to the land of your forefathers. <laughs> Reconnect. Get the fuck out. <laughs> Come on. It's important. <laughs> right. So here's the thing. If you were going to take over the Lord, the lands of men post Lord of the Rings three, so post uh, Return of the King. Yeah, you do it really easily. You you could you could get Aragorn from five hundred paces. He's 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 ageless, but he can't stop a bullet. Like, <laughs> Just picturing like the the end of Lord of the Rings, all you know, fourteen different endings that they have. But it says like one week later, it's you know Aragorn riding his horse through the streets of downtown Dallas. <laughs> and, <laughs> Oh my God! It, look up there, the the, the grassy over the stony hill, the stony knoll. <laughs> there were two archers that day. I believe me. Um, what I would say is that uh, in this era, I think actually conventional weaponry is not going to eat that far. What okay. you need is a really good union organization strategy. <laughs> to unionize the armies of men and dwarves out from under them. you you had to do a social revolution and then like cultural revolution and then you'd be good like you gotta right. just you gotta get ahead of sauron so sauron's <laughs> trying to get his like two-day warehouse two-day shipping warehouse in mordor <laughs> off the ground and you gotta be like no man no i'm gonna i'm gonna get ahead of you on this and I'm going to unionize all your workers. One so printing he, press is basically what you're saying. Exactly, That's your weapon of choice. Yeah, he shows up. He's like, "I'm ready." I, you know, I've got my nine Nazgul. I don't know where the where the these dwarves I gave the rings to. They fucked off somewhere. And all of a sudden, he shows up in Mordor, and it's like all the orcs are like, "No, sorry, we we require a 401k matching and like dental." What, what do you mean? No, we're not going to invade on a Saturday. Absolutely not. Are you paying the overtime for this? Do you have the leaf-wrapped bread to cover this sort of expenditure? Have you seen the elves? Are you covering <laughs> an elf, like elf hazard pay? They want to end us. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you could take over Mineral Earth with one good union organizing strategy. <laughs> That truly the thing that J.R. Tolkien feared most. <laughs> the masses of the unwashed getting together and becoming labor empowered. Uh, again, I'm just picturing uh, the orcs with the white hand of Sauron, only it's, again, the raised fist emblem just being put <laughs> on them instead. Like <laughs> Right, and instead of singing like, or meets back on the menu, they're just chanting solidarity forever, but in like a weird like, solidarity forever! Solidarity forever! Objectively much more terrifying. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> What are they attacking us? No, no, no. They they're they're offering to debate us. They're trying to get us out into something called the marketplace of ideas. I've never been to there. It's that meme that shows up on Facebook. The real thing the 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 real thing the establishment fears is us together. But it's an orc and a dwarf. <laughs> I'm really picturing a redneck dwarf being like, I got your back, brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, the uh, Dwarven Wars were more about the right to autonomy more than anything else. I just need you to know that. <laughs> A dwarf's right to do what? <laughs> Who worked in the mines of Moria? That's what I need to know, huh? <laughs> well, uh, that I think is going to probably do it for an episode. We now know what weapons we need. Uh, it, it, the pen is mightier than the sword. We're getting real Gutenberg on these motherfuckers. So we will, we will have to see then what takes place, what outrage machine ends up pushing forward. But in the meantime, where can people find you, Dread? Uh, so I am at dread uh, underscore botlord on Twitter. Uh, and if you're feeling so inspired, please uh, donate to your local mutual aid funds as soon as possible. Yes, yes. That's a wonderful thing to encourage people to do. That's how you actually make a real difference in the world. Not by following me on Twitter or following the show on Twitter. Not at all. Uh, but rather being inspired uh, and expressing that sense of solidarity and enjoying the good times. Because we have... Uh, what, 10 episodes of streaming until it all collapses in on itself? With only a massive- eight. It's only uh, eight. It's- <laughs> eight episodes. Great. So we're going to be returning to this show before House of the Dragon then. This this is going to be surreal for my timeline <laughs> to have to process through. So uh, the next time you y'all hear from us again, I guess uh, eight weeks from now, we'll be in the thick of fantasy football season. So expect a whole lot of comparisons to be taking place that way. Talk about who dropped the ball, who fumbled, what what really you know right. uh, yeah, important yeah, picks. Exactly. Which which Achilles blew out and like completely ruined <laughs> the season. <laughs> I'm just picturing a Nazgul with a little IR designated logo. Sauron's managing his roster right there, and he's like, damn it. The the Witch King of Angband's got a a sports hernia. He drafted nine Lords of Men, but only four dwarves. Everyone knows you need at least six dwarves in this. This roster construction is insane. There's no way I'm taking over Middle Earth this way. Oh my god, I let the other guys get all the elves. <laughs> Who even drafts an elf? <laughs> You're supposed to wait. You pick them up the day before. Everyone knows this. It's uh. a streaming option. <laughs> Uh, uh, I love it for for the the dozen or so of you who appreciate that. Uh, just know um, a lot to look forward to. But in the meantime, let's say goodbye. Bye. Adios. <laughs> <laughs>